When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Oil Spills Podcast. We're recording on Tuesday, November 5, 2019, between the Arizona and the St. Louis games. So we get to see St. Louis, Stanley Cup champs, defending variety tomorrow. I'm with uh, Jim Matheson and Rob Tichkowski, beat writers for the Edmonton Sun and the Edmonton Journal, covering the Edmonton Oilers. Of course, the Oilers played their first home game coming back from a road trip uh, down east. You know, the Pittsburgh game, Mike Smith had one of, what, six performances by an Oilers goaltender where he stops 50 shots in history. Uh, obviously, they don't have Mike Smith in net. If they have Cam Talbot from last year in net, then, you know, the Oilers lose that game. Then on last night's, the uh, Arizona Coyotes come in, play a very aggressive trap-style game, and the Oilers can't seemingly get around that very often, if ever, have their pockets picked all the time. What have you been seeing these last few games? I know they opened their roadie against Detroit and definitely came out flat in that one, Mm -hmm. rebounded against Columbus and then pulled one out of the fire in Pittsburgh. And now we have the Arizona game, which they lost in overtime. I'd say they've played one good game in about their last five, and that's what against Columbus. Mm -hmm. They didn't play very well against Florida. They lost a game at home. Didn't play, you know, were outplayed by Pittsburgh. Got a win because of Smith. Got a point last night, didn't play all that great. Played okay in the second half. What they are doing is getting points this year, even when they don't play well in some instances. So they're keeping, you know, their record looking quite tidy at 2-4-2. Two, two. But if you're the coach, you're looking at the team and say, okay, didn't play all that great in Pittsburgh, didn't play all that well. Last night gave the puck away a lot. Got three points out of four somehow. But, you know, I'm sure that Dave Tippett is telling his team, look, we got to play a little bit better in terms of a 60-minute game, more than one game in a row, and that was in Columbus. Yeah, they they, they definitely need to be better. They had the great start, <clears throat> which was fantastic, but over their last, you know, eight or nine games, they're they're just a 500 team, and, and you know, a 500 team over the course of 82 games gets you 82 points, and it's it's not enough, so... You know, they they gave themselves that insurance at the start, which we which we all talked about how how huge that was. It would allow them to weather some storms, and they haven't really hit a storm yet. But they're trending in the opposite direction, like they're trending downward as opposed to uh, gaining momentum. Like like Maddie was saying in their la- in their last few games, they just they've come out flat. Uh, in seven of their last game nine games, they've been held to two or fewer goals, and that's that's glaring in in the way the NHL is going now with the you know a, a trending more towards towards offense um you know they're structured enough that they're staying in these games and and grinding out these points but you have to score in the in the in today's national hockey league and you know i don't know if that's a byproduct of the system they're playing or that they're not getting a whole bunch of secondary scoring although they've had three straight games now where somebody other than the big three is has kicked one in so you know it remains to be seen who they are but i think who they are right now is kind of what we're going to see as a 500 team 
halfway decent team with some flaws in it, which doesn't make them a lot different from a lot of the other middle-of-the-pack teams. I think their power play early in the season masked the fact that they weren't that great five-on-five. Yeah. Got them a lot of goals early. Power play hasn't been so good the last half dozen games, and they're not scoring and because they don't get enough five-on-five scoring apart from McDavid and, and Dreisaitl. So, because James Neal, most of James Neal's goals are on the power play, all but two, I think. Um, maybe two or three. So, yeah, uh, it's tough to knock a team as 10-4-2, and two, but the division they're playing in right now in the Pacific is is the most competitive of all the divisions. And they haven't played very many yet. Uh, yeah, uh, the sixth-place team is only like, you know, three points or so behind the, the order. So um, they have to keep their head above water and, and, and win some games uh, and have to score more goals. And, and Rob pointed out that they are getting some secondary scoring, but... I think they were lucky last night to get a point and they were lucky in Pittsburgh to get two points. Well, I mean, and that luck is coming because of goaltending. And, um, I mean, obviously last night's, they got that late goal, Gaetan Haswell, originally credited to Zach Cassian. But, you know, I guess that's, is that three games in a row now where we've had a, a, a bottom six forward kick yeah. and a goal? So at least there's that because there was none, obviously for the first dozen games. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to find a positive here, it's not just Dreisaitl and, and McDavid doing all the scoring. And if you're going to have a, a game where you're have more than scoring more than two goals, you're going to have a you know like a five goal, six goal game. Of course, you're going to expect Connor McDavid and you know Dreisaitl to factor in in a lot of those. At the same time, though, now that we have guys other than McDavid and Dreisaitl scoring, uh, that's a good thing. Because it's it's like 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 the rest of the NHL, they're catching up. To, it's the beginning of the year. Everybody's getting their cobwebs out. The Oilers had a great start. Some teams didn't have a great start. The Coyotes have had a good start to the season too, among others. But anyway, here we are. We're heading into November. Three weeks from now, we're going to know where teams are at with that magical U.S. Thanksgiving. Are you in the playoffs or not? Point. Except the St. Louis Blues were not in the playoffs last year at Thanksgiving yeah, and the Stanley Cup, true. so it, it, that maybe that's an outlier. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Um, the games, the the divisional games are the most important thing. They played a lot of games <sighs> against the Eastern Conference, not very many against the Pacific, and I guess could have been worse last night. They could have lost the game, and then Arizona would have only been two points behind uh, and closing fast with two games in hand. So. They got a point out of it, and and that's the important thing. And they did beat LA, and they did beat Vancouver to, you know, Pacific teams to start the season. So they've been pretty good against the Pacific Division. Uh, and I think the key is they've said all along is just to try not to play more than two games that you don't like. And that's two now that they've played where you know the goalie stole them a win, and they didn't play that well last night and got a tie. So I think it behooves them to play well next game but I don't think it should be any problem the last time Washington came in the owners beat Washington now the Blues are coming in and they're the cup champs I don't think the motivational aspect of it should be a problem and St. Louis plays the night before in Calgary as most teams seem to do this year the teams play in Calgary and come to Edmonton on a back-to-back another thing that's changed this year for the owners as well is their penalty kill I mean it's a lot better than last year Especially because the goaltenders are making more saves. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big part of it. They they brought in some 
you know, so-called PK specialists, but you're also still seeing a lot of the same guys who were, who were out there last year. So goaltending is, is, is everything, right? If you have it, you know, you don't think too much about it. If you don't, it's, it's this glaring weakness that, that, you know, that sucks the life out of a team. And even yesterday, you know, Koskinen lets in that pretty weak wrist shot from the, from the top of the circle. I mean, Dryside took up some heat for that giveaway, but at the end of the day, it's a long wrist shot that beat your short side low. So, you know, but he recovered from that. He, you know, he it wasn't the beginning of the end. He made a, a handful of really big saves after that to to keep them from falling behind in a game where they deserved, like you know, as was the case with Mike Smith and Pittsburgh. You know, they deserved to lose that game six one. And then yesterday, you know, wasn't it wasn't that bad? But you know, Koskinen, you know, kept them in it, gave them a chance to steal the point late, which which they've done on a couple of occasions here. So. You know, that's, you know, as, as much as the power play was masking some issues early on, uh, the goaltending is also not masking them. He's part of the team, but uh, it's, you know, they're relying really heavily on, on their goaltending. I think it'd be, I think the first test of Dave Tippett's, we're going to give both goaltenders a shot here and have them fresh, will be against St. Louis. It's the cup champions. They lost, they got a point with Koskinen. He played good, not great. They come back with Smith against, St. Louis. Um, yeah. Smith's coming off like a 51 save epic performance and he as doesn't he, start as the he next joked, game. He said, I should have made one more save, I yeah. guess, to get that start <laughs> against Arizona. Yeah. Um, There's some seriousness in that too. I mean, he's yeah. a competitor. He thought he should have, you know, he warranted another start. If you're going to break that mold or uh, or pattern, the 51 save sensational effort might have been the way to do it. I think what I would do is I would play Mike Smith against St. Louis and play Koskinen against Jersey. Yeah. And then see what happens in the road. You get two games. You can play one one against one team and one against the other. Now Smith wasn't here last year. Obviously, Miko Koskinen was. What's what's Koskinen? What's is obviously Koskinen is not playing every single game like he did down the stretch last year. Obviously, that has to be playing a factor. Is there anything else Koskinen is doing differently, or different? What's what's different this year? than it was, say, the last half of last year? Well, it helps when the team in front of you is playing a little better, a little more structured. You know, there was always that that sort of that cycle where, you know, he would let in a crappy goal, the Oilers' defense would give the other team a, a free tap in at the back door, and then they'd give one up on the PK, and then suddenly there's your three goals and there's your losing, and everybody's confidence is down, and, and you know, they're, they're blaming the goalie because that's the easiest guy to blame. Uh, if, if, the, if the team... If the defense in front of you and the forwards, you know, they're coming back as a five-man group and keeping a lot of the shots to the outside and not giving up, you know, the the, the five-star chances, all goalies, you know, their save percentage is going to go up. They're going to look better. Like how many goalies have Edmonton imported from, you know, Arizona or Los Angeles who had good numbers on a on a good checking team and have come here and have, have not looked very good at all, right? Jason LaBarbera and, and those types. So, you know, the the... What matters most is, or is, what matters as much is how the team in front of you plays and the others are getting, you know, better work on that front. And, and in addition, Koskinen is also better just from not being overworked and having another year of uh, experience in the NHL. I think the Oilers feed off Mike Smith's swagger. And I think the team should have a little more swagger except for the top two guys, McDavid and Dreisaitl, go into the games more saying we're better than you guys. Our record is indicative. We're better. There's still that feeling, I think, in the owners. They'll play Dave's Tippett system, but are they really any better than the other teams? And I think, I think 
they could use some of Mike Smith's swagger when they play the games and uh, play better for a full 60 and uh, instead of just getting through the games and keeping them close and if you win, great, and if you get a point, great. I think it's too bad that you know at least what I'm watching interviews on television or you know seeing what the comments are in your guys' stories from the likes of McDavid and Drysaddle, those guys aren't you know they're trying so hard to downplay stuff to the public. Like I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe they're more charismatic behind closed doors with their team. I would think so. If you're the captain, you're the top two scorers on the team, but. You know, you're talking about Mike Smith's fire and charisma, and that's what the team is feeding off of. What about McDavid and Drysaddle and and the top line guys? Yeah, it would have to be better behind closed doors because well, yeah, don't what, what we see public. is just pretty bland. You know, yeah. almost disinterested. They're like stuff. they yeah. can't wait to finish the interview. Yeah, every single time. Yeah, they you know Drysaddle just can't wait to stop talking to you. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me. Neither one. It would be nice if either one of them liked talking about them how well they're individually they're playing. Well, I mean, obviously McDavid, when but you talk to this him. This isn't basketball, I guess, where you're LeBron or Steph Curry or somebody like that, where you can talk about, yeah, I'm playing really good. The The mentality is, oh, we're playing well as a team. Well, when you talked to McDavid at the beginning of the year for that Q&A article you did, he was fine talking about everything but hockey. I mean, I don't know, is it the pressure? It's just, it's just them. Is it dealing with wrapping your mind around being you know, on an NHL team, never by him being a superstar or whatever. I don't what know. That? I don't think he's, I think he's had he's 22. To, I think he's had to talk so often about how great he is. He doesn't much like talking about himself. He's like Crosby, you know, in that, in that vein. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, you have to drag out the, the, you know, superlatives from other people when you talk about Drysaddle and McDavid. Yeah. I mean, and you are who you are. I mean, you can't change your personality. I, you know, obviously you guys are down at the rink every day, not me. Hockey players are hockey players. They're not basketball players. They're not, generally they're not, well, P.K. Subban being an outlier, I suppose. But he's not exactly t- talking about how terrific he is or anything like that. We're talking about pro athletes. Yeah, you just choose whether or not you want to be outgoing and engaging and they choose not to be. It's, it's just, it's obviously deliberately boring and, and, you know, we're not going to give you anything. And then, and it's, that's fine if that's how they want to be, but you also, you're projecting the image of your team. And I remember when the Oilers were good a few years ago, you know, you had a guy like Patrick Maroon who would, who would stand up and he would talk about the team swagger and the team's confidence. And, you know, that, that it filters through the room and that was kind of the, you know, the image that they projected. You, you Connor will give you you know, a really bland answer to a question. And then as soon as there's a pause in the thing, he's, he's gone, right? He, he just doesn't like doing it. And that's, you know, uh, it's not really a quality you want in, in a captain, if, you know, from the perspective of speaking to the media, but, you know, he's, he's got to be the captain and that's all there is to it. And and that's how he chooses to deal with, you know, uh, speaking to the, essentially the public. So there's really nothing you can do about it. I would imagine that behind the scenes, he's a fiery guy and a, and a talkative guy and a, you know, a funny guy in the room and everything, but to the public, he just gives you nothing and it's, it's on purpose. He's not, it's not like he doesn't have anything to say. No, I understand. You also don't want to be giving your competition something to put in the bulletin board or something to think about. If Connor McDavid right? said something, Connor McDavid's good enough. Wouldn't matter if it's on the bulletin board. I don't think. 
Yeah. And well, he has to guard against every single thing he says goes nuclear. Like he's Connor McDavid. If he says one slightly thing that could be perceived as negative about how Arizona plays, boom, it's on, you know, lead story on TSN and, and Hockey Night in Canada and ESPN's calling him. And, you know, well, no, not them. They don't care about hockey. But, you know, anything he says is immediately huge. So from a very young age, he was cautioned watch what you say, don't give him anything. And uh, he's very good at it. He's a smart guy. You have to be smart to play that role. And, and he, he, he does it very well. Because you could call an organization a Mickey Mouse organization, yes. right? Yeah. You could say like Arizona, you, you suck and you've never been any good and, and nobody likes watching you play and you know. Well, wait, isn't that Arizona talking about the Oilers though? Uh, I don't know. That's Arizona. <laughs> yeah. They had, they've missed the playoffs seven years in a row and, and you know, that's the style they play. Although they do have more offensive players They're getting forward there, yeah. now than they've had in, in the past. And certainly Rick Tockett's a really good coach, as Dave Tippett was a good coach there too. So um, I don't know. It's, in today's game, you're, you're kind of torn, I think, as a team. Do you want to be boring and win, or do you want to be have some offense and lose 4-3? I don't know. I mean, I think the fan doesn't care as long as the Ws pop up on the board, to be honest. At the end of the season, you're in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's the if they ever did make the playoffs, it's the it's a style, you know, unbalanced scoring aside that that will help you win in the playoffs. You know, these tight checking two one games that come down to the final five minutes or or, you know, holding out a lead or coming back or they they have that stuff. You know, they just need to sort out, you know, getting more than three guys to score all their goals and and uh, you know maybe shoring up some of their special teams again because you know they 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 were making all their hay off the off the power play early on. You know, one thing we haven't talked about recently, at least in my memory, is Leon Dreisaitl himself and his performance thus far this year. He's been at the top or near the top of the of the scoring list for in the NHL all season. He, here he is taking, you know, center stage being the catalyst for the Oilers' offense on days when Connor McDavid, maybe he's having a bit of an off day. Mm-hmm. Leon is able to come in and be the guy. And not every team has that. He's been incredibly consistent. Like they've played 16 games now and he's been on the score sheet in every single one except the two games where they got shut out. I mean, that's that speaks volumes. I think he's got, you know, more points. than Like Connor slowed down a little bit. Like he came out of the gate like gangbusters and I think the adrenaline wore off a little bit. And now the, you know, the, the off season of not being able to train like he, he wanted to is, is caught up a little bit. Like his, it's still great by mortal standards or good by mortal standards, but by, by his own standards, he's, he's tailed off a little bit, but Dreisaitl's doing it all. Like the guy is, you know, he's up, up with the league lead in points, you know, league lead in goals, league lead in minutes played. He kills penalties. He takes faceoffs. He's only missed four games out of the last 334. Like he's durable. Uh, he's, you know, out there in, in a killing a five on three. Like it's, you know, for a guy that, you know, remember when he first broke into the league, they said he maybe didn't skate well enough to play and he got, you know, sent down. He's been a, just an incredible addition to the team. He's ever, I wouldn't say every bit as Connor, as good as Connor McDavid, but as good a, as, you know, as good a second as you're going to get. That's the best Oiler draft choice in probably 20 years. Yeah. Because he wasn't the first pick overall. No kidding. He wasn't dropped on the lap third. it wasn't obvious. He was third. He yeah. wasn't the first. So, and I think he's good. He's, he wears his, his talent as Malkin wears his talent in Pittsburgh with Crosby. 
And until Crosby got hurt, people just said, ah, Malkin's on the team too, but it's Crosby's team. And then when Crosby would get hurt, Malkin would take over the team. And you don't want to wish any injury on Connor McDavid, but maybe the rest of the league would realize how good Leon Dreisaitl is if Connor missed three weeks or something like that. And then Leon had to carry the team by himself. Um, you know, and that's just the way it is when you're playing with with on a team with McDavid as it was for Messier playing on a team, I guess, with Gretzky, you know. And, you know, Shirelli takes a lot of bullets, well-deserved, but for locking Leon up for eight and a half, if, you know, if he would have done a bridge deal and he was sitting there on the, on the, in the office right now looking for a new contract this year. Yeah, very different orders team. You're looking at 10, 11 million dollars and that's, you know, it's really hard to build a team around that. So, you know, same with Koskinen. He, he, he surely kind of makes these speculative contracts like Oscar Clefbaum and, and, and Koskinen where he, he gambles that the guy is going to be good. So he's, you know, Koskinen, this jury's still out on that. It's only been a very short sample size and he started last year very good as well. But, you know, credit to him in, in getting Dreisaitl signed for eight and a half long term. I mean, that's, that's looking like a huge bargain right now. You know, I think about Dreisaitl and, you know, being the best draft pick of the Oilers the last 20 years, if you're not the number one overall. You know, I think about the Pugliarvi draft too. I mean, wasn't the, you know, the decisions the Oilers made to take Dreisaitl at four, wasn't Sam Bennett five? They took Dreisaitl at three. Sorry, at three. But Bennett you know, went four, Sam Reinhart went second. Yeah, because there were people banging the drum for Sam Bennett for sure over Dreisaitl that draft. And to me, I mean, I'm not saying Sam Bennett is, yeah, he's, he's, cer- good, he's yeah. certainly, uh, you know, a, an NHL player and Pugliarvi is not in the NHL right now, but you know, it's, teams do roll the dice and they have to, they're making these decisions. You know, what if, what if we had, you know, the owners had taken Bennett instead, right? Yeah. We'd very different conversation. What if the other, you know, the McDavid, everybody assumes that they finished last that year and won the lottery. They didn't like, no. you know, they won it from what, uh. 28th or I went from third third yeah third last however many teams were in the league at that point but yeah I mean had they not won that where would they be right now Seattle maybe the Oilers also got Darnell Nurse at seven that was when you know those two picks were Craig McTavish's when he was the GM so Mm -hmm. Nurse at seven and Leon at three are pretty good picks yeah Everly what was Everly 22nd 22nd yeah well, you know, you want to go back in the time machine and play alternate universe. What if, uh, you know, I don't think you're trading Taylor Hall if you're uh, not drafting Connor McDavid. No. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll play alternate alternate <laughs> universe some other day. That's the Oil Spills podcast for today. You can subscribe to Oil Spills via Apple's podcast app, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you may access your podcasts. 